We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. I'm your host, Derek Larger. Joining me is Matt from Inside the Horseshoe Podcast. How you doing, my guy? Doing pretty good. You know, watched the Obi-Wan trailer. Dug it. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> you're gonna uh you're gonna go see the uh the new Doctor Strange oh, yeah. film. I got my tickets. I, I've heard I heard it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't heard any like spoilers or anything just but from people who have saw the early premiere said yeah. it's really, really good. So I've never been a Doctor Strange guy myself, mm. but it is Marvel and it yeah. sounds like it's got good hype around it. So oh, I, yeah. I'm kind of interested, kind of interested now. Uh, but that's enough of the MCU talk. Yeah. Let's talk about Colts talk here for a second. And let's go ahead and break down what this video is about. Today, we're going to basically do an off-season recap of everything that's been going on so far and then talking a little bit about what needs to happen the rest of the way. Uh, so let's kind of go all the way back here. We're going to go all the way back to February, back when a lot of things were still different. Still had Matt Eberflus as our defense coordinator. Carson Wentz was still our quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, so February 2nd was the day that Gus Bradley was officially announced as the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. How did you feel about Matt Eberflus, uh, no longer being DC and Gus Bradley being there? Uh, I always liked Matt Eberflus. Um, good dude, you know, good defensive coordinator, but I felt like it was time for a change. I felt like we needed to get just a new system in there. We needed to get a new head coach or head coach. We needed to get a new defensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, I, I like Matt. I'm going to root for him in Chicago, but um, I'm happy ultimately that we're changing it up. And hopefully now we're not going to play as many soft coverages as we did. Yes. And then on top of the one big change that uh, the Colts did make, they also made some other position coach changes. Uh, new defensive line coach, new secondaries coach, new linebacker coach, new wide receiver coach. A lot of guys that were actually Colts players at one point or another. So that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. And really the only other big news that you could talk about in February was the re-signing of cornerback Marvell Tell 
Very interested to hear if you think Marvell Tell can actually make the roster this year. Um, I don't think so. If I'm going to be honest, no? I, I think he's probably going to end up getting released. Um, I, I just think now with adding the guys that we added, like Gilmore and whatnot, and just our secondary is better than what it was last year. If he didn't make it last year, then I, I can't see him making it this year. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird because Marvell Tell used to be such a mm-hmm. an integral part when he first was a rookie, and now it just seems to have not been much of a thing for him. Uh, some other news for the month of March where the Colts had to place Jack Doyle on the retired list. He announced his retirement. Uh, so Jack Doyle no longer an Indianapolis Colt. And then the big news, and that was that uh, quarterback Carson Wentz was being traded to Washington in exchange for a package of draft picks. Looking back on that now, even though we're still in the offseason, how, how do you look back on that? How do you view that trade? Um, I think it was the right decision for both sides. Um, I, I just didn't think it worked out in Indy. I, I just couldn't see Carson Wentz working out here next year as well. So I felt like a change needed to happen. Um, I think he's going to play better in Washington. I think he's going to have fun there. Um, you know, he's got scary Terry to throw to. But, you know, I, I felt like we needed to make a change at the quarterback position you know, we were all worried at the time because we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. We didn't know if it was going to be anyone from Aaron Rodgers to Mitch Trubisky to Marcus Mariota. So um, I think it was the right decision, even though there wasn't a full-on plan as far as what we were going to do at the quarterback position. So, you know, if I had to make that decision for them, I would have made it again and again. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, I'm glad that Carson Wentz is gone now that we have Matt Ryan, but obviously at the time we didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, what happened uh, next is the Colts ended up re-signing tight end Moali Cox to a three-year contract. Now, I know a lot of people are looking back on that contract. When you look at the other tight ends that were on the board, and you look at some of these other tight ends who have had similar, if not better, production than Ro- than uh, Moali Cox, and he got paid like double what some of these tight ends were uh, getting paid. Do you think the Colts kind of gave him a little too much? Um, it no. was a three-year contract worth eighteen million dollars. No, I, I think six million is fair. Um, I, I think that's right around where I would have paid him because. You know, yeah, he had some drop issues last year. We don't know if it was just him having a bad year, if maybe him and Carson Wentz weren't sinking and they just weren't working together. But he's shown in, you know, the previous season that he is very capable of having a really big day. And now that we know Matt Ryan is the quarterback, I think Mo Ali Cox is going to have a huge year because Matt Ryan knows how to use those tight ends. So, I think when we look back on it after this year, I think we're going to see that, okay, we we got him for a steal. Like, I think he's going to put in enough production where it's like, oh, he probably could have gotten paid eight to 10 million instead of six million. So, you know, six million a year, I'm fine with that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Me personally, I kind of thought that the number was a little high. Uh, I thought there were some other tight ends like Gerald Everett that were getting signed for like four or five million dollars but have better production than what Moali Cox has been giving you the last few years. Again, I, I know 
the Colts were wanting to secure Moali Cox because at that time he was one of the only few tight ends that they knew was going to still be available and they wanted to make sure he'd stayed on the roster. But I, I thought it was a little too much. I thought they just gave him a tad too much, but who knows? Maybe he lives up to that $6 million this year and, you know, balls out. Uh, and then on top of re-signing Molly Cox, you, you re-sign guys like Zaire Franklin, uh, Matt Pryor, Tyquan Lewis. Uh, what did you, what did you feel about, uh, them re-signing those guys specifically? I was happy. I was really, really happy, especially for, uh, Tyquan Lewis, just after how his season ended, I'm so happy we're bringing him back, giving him another opportunity to go out there and prove that maybe he should be signed for a multi-year deal and get a you know pretty good payday. So I'm happy we brought him back. Um, I expect some you know pretty big things from him under Gus Bradley. Um, you know, he, for a while he was probably our best you know edge guy you know on the team. So I, I'm happy we brought him back. Uh, Matt Pryor, I, I was cool with you know. We didn't know who our left tackle was going to be, so bringing him in, I, I thought it was a good move. He played really well on the right side. I'm kind of curious to see what he does on the left. I think he'll do pretty good, so I'm happy that we brought him back. Um, yeah, I'm, overall, I'm happy we brought all these guys back. And then the first big move of the offseason was us signing cornerback Brandon Faison from the Raiders. Uh <laughs> Let me. I, I didn't want to hear your thoughts on that trade because I thought it was very interesting when that first move happened. Because you know that was not the original cornerback that everyone thought uh, we were going to go after. We thought Casey Hayward was the one, yeah. but then we get face on instead. Um, I mean, it made sense, I guess, that we brought in face on. You know, he's not going to be that much at all. There's that relationship with Gus Bradley already. You know, we needed to add to our depth. So I I felt like this was a good move. Um, I, I do agree. I thought Casey Hayward was gonna be the guy to come to Indianapolis. But um no, I'm 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 really happy we got Brandon Face on. I think uh, you know, just somebody that's gonna come in every now and then off the bench. I think he's gonna play well for us. Um, did some good things in Vegas. He wasn't the main corner, but I thought he played pretty well there this past season. So you know, I was good with it made a lot of sense that it came here just because of that connection. And then the second big trade of the off season where Ballard traded cornerback Rocky scene for defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, also part of the Raiders and also in Gus Bradley's system for many years. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of that move? Uh, loved it. You know, I, I know that trading away a corner at that time opened up another hole that we needed to address, but there, there was enough guys in the draft that even if we didn't sign somebody in the offseason to be the starter, I felt like there's some guys you could have went after that maybe could have filled in for Rocky Sin. You would get similar production. We really needed to address our uh, edge group. So adding Nagagwe is, uh, you know, it's a big win. It's something we had to do. Yeah, you know, at that time, you know, it opened up another hole, but we we needed to address the edge. Yes. I felt like that was extremely important, um, and it was a great trade. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other big trade, uh, the other one is Matt Ryan, getting Matt Ryan from the Falcons for a third-round pick. 
I, I know Matt Ryan has yet to take an actual snap for Indy, but like what what goes through your mind when you're looking back at it now when that happened uh, about a month and a half ago? What what's going through your mind? What makes you think that's gonna be a good one? Um, well, I, I thought it was, you know, when it came to who was the best quarterback available, once you you know, you saw Russell Wilson get dealt, he was definitely the best quarterback that ended up being available. Um, I love Matt Ryan. I I've always loved Matt Ryan. Um, I feel like he's underrated at this point because there's a lot of people saying for the last few years that he's just not that great, you know, like he's a good quarterback, but he's not, you know, that quarterback that can get you to the playoffs. And I, I felt the complete opposite. I felt like the Falcons just, they were not a good team at all. And yeah, he had like a weapon or two, but that defense was terrible yeah, was, and like th- everything was else. Was a legit awful. weapon though? I don't Well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like Julio, you know, before he left and, you know. Yeah, yeah Calvin when he Ridley did have that year. weapon, I mean, look at where they ended up. A lot of times they were in contention for the playoffs, if mm-hmm. not in the playoffs because of yeah. that. I mean, heck, they, they could have made the playoffs last year. Like week they almost 17, did. they got eliminated. So, you know, if the team was a little bit better, he would have gotten to the playoffs again. You know, he's somebody that will consistently get 4,000 yards. Last year, he didn't. But, you know, if you if you just watch his tape, he's still a very good quarterback. And honestly, I think him being on the Colts, it, it definitely elevated the Colts to being a playoff team. And now that we have, you know, some of these additions, it, if you protect Matt Ryan, I believe Matt Ryan can you know, be the quarterback that will help you contend, not just in the division, but in the conference. So I thought it was a big move. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you're looking at April, you're seeing all these uh, signings. They signed Brandon King, signed Rodney McLeod. Uh, You signed Stephon Gilmore, the big one. Everyone knows about the Stephon Gilmore trade at this point, or signing, I'm sorry. And then Ashton Doolin signed his contract tender as well. So all these signings in the month of April, uh, yes. how did you feel when it came to uh, all of these signings? Um, Doolin, I expected it to happen. I didn't you know, see him not signing it. I think Doolin's going to have a pretty good year this year. I think uh, you know, Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback for him, so I, I thought it was good that we, you know, we'll have him back. Um, Brandon King, nice depth piece. Doesn't really play much, but you know, we'll use him in special teams. He might occasionally come out on the field in defense. So I'm expecting him to do, you know, all right. Um, Rodney McLeod was a big move, you know, adding to our safety group. I thought that was a really uh, big move. Very good safety. Somebody that I feel like if you need him to start for Julian Blackman for a week or two, he can come in and do that and we'll be A-OK. That way we can make sure uh, Blackman is 100% and ready to go. And then, of course, Stefan Gilmore, that was the big move. Um, he's 100% healthy, apparently. Um, even when he wasn't 100% healthy last year with Carolina, when he was playing, he still did really well. So I thought the addition of Stefan Gilmore elevated this defense to become a top 10 for sure, but borderline top five defense in the NFL. Absolutely. I, I love all the depth and all the great signings that they did in the secondary. Now, with all these great signings that they did, unfortunately, this leaves for one specific uh, situation. And 
you know, or actually it's two when you look at it. Uh, at that time for the draft, they did not address two key important positions, both of them being on the offense. One, in the fact that they had not gotten a wide receiver up until that point, uh, up until the draft. And that was mainly due to the fact that they didn't sign Matt Ryan until right. a few weeks into free agency. So it was, it's been a while. And, you know, when that happened, the majority of the top wide receivers in the free agent market had already been signed. And then when you look at it, you also allowed guys like Mark Lewinsky and Chris Reed to both leave. Now we both know that Danny Pinter is probably going to be the starting right guard for you for the future, which we all feel very comfortable with Danny Pinter doing. The only problem is now you don't have depth at that position either. So what did you feel about the Colts inability to sign a receiver and to keep both uh, either Glowinski or Reed during the offseason. Um, with the receiver wise, um, wasn't too happy that we didn't try to address, or at least it seemed like we didn't try to address it. Um, and it made sense why receivers didn't want to come to Indianapolis because they didn't know if it was going to be Sam Allinger being the quarterback or if it was going to be somebody else. Um, so I understood why receivers weren't really wanting to come to Indianapolis when they could go to Kansas City or to LA or, you know, some other teams that have good quality quarterbacks. Like, I feel like if we had Matt Ryan or somebody else, we probably would have landed a Julio or not Julio, sorry, we would have landed a Juju Smith Schuster or a Allen Robinson, somebody like that. So I was a little concerned about that, but I, I definitely feel much better now after the draft with the receiver group. Um, and then um, I'm blanking. What was the other one? Uh, offensive guards. <laughs> Our offensive guard. There we go. Um, yeah, I wish we could have brought back Chris Reed. I, I wish we could have brought him back as a starter. I, I know they're big on Danny Penter. I, I'm confident that he'll do well, but if there's something with this team that I'm just a tad bit nervous with, it would be with the right guard because I just ultimately we don't know how Danny Pinter is going to be throughout the entire season. We know he's a really good offensive lineman that you can plug in when you need to plug him in somewhere. But, you know, right guard's a little bit different in center. I, I don't know. Um, but I'm confident that he'll do well at least. But, yeah, I, I wish we would have addressed the uh, guard position a little bit more than we did in free agency. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just sucks. We lost uh, we lost Chris Reed. That was one that really hurt. I expected Galinsky to go, but Chris Reed, I was really wanting back. Yeah, I mean, at least the good thing is is that uh, you still have time to be yeah. able to address that uh, position. And, you know, they feel confident that they can find somebody in the free agent market. Uh, they did that a few times last year, found Chris Reed late, and then were able to you know, plug him the way they did. Just ultimately, I think Glow and Reed both wanted to be starters and they both wanted to be paid a little more than maybe what the Colts were wanting to uh, address. But, yeah. you know, I would have said this. I would have loved to have kept Mark Lewinsky for another uh, year or two. Me too. Uh, because Lewinsky, again, was the most reliable uh, offensive lineman we had over the last two seasons. And, you know, Danny Pinter, um, you know, I mean, in the the... the 
crappy part is, is if Danny Pinter does go out there over the next two seasons and then starts playing out of his mind, then he's going to want a decent contract. And then we're going to have to pay him on top of everything else that we're already paying. So I feel like it would have been much better if you could have kept Lewinsky around said, okay, we'll pay you a couple more million this, uh, per year to be that. So that way we can keep Pinter in the works. And then that way, when Pinter's rookie contract gets up, you don't have to, you have contract leverage and being able to say, well, you haven't played all seasons. We haven't seen you do that. You could have used that as contract leverage, but now you don't have that angle. And now you're going to find out whether Danny Pinter is worth investing in or if he's not. So, you know, I would have preferred it to wait, but, uh, you know, Chris Reed the same way, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, I still feel confident that Ballard's going to be able to fill that up. Quality depth is there almost every year. And yeah. then after the draft, I mean, I think the only, I think the only spot, there's only really two spots on the whole team that you're kind of worried about. If you're looking at depth, I mean, the Colts have filled every single spot for starters on this roster with the draft. Just now you still need interior offense alignment at depth and you still need a veteran wide receiver in that wide receiver room. Am I, is that about it for you or do you think there's more to it? Um, Yeah. I I think adding another veteran receiver would be good. Whether it's Julio TY, you know, somebody like that. I think that's something we should do. Um, I would address the cornerback group just a little more. Add one more guy back there, and then uh, defensive line is what I would do. Um, maybe, maybe like the guard positions as well. But there's really not a whole lot left that I really think needs to be addressed. Yeah, and what would you feel about uh, Nick Foles being the backup quarterback? Um, <laughs> Look, it's not it's not 2018, 2019, yeah. where everyone thinks Nick Foles is going to come right. in, steal the quarterback's job, and take everybody to a Super Bowl. I think that that right. hype dream is gone. Yeah, that's definitely uh, it's no longer here with us. Um, you know, I wouldn't hate it. In all honesty, I wouldn't hate bringing him in because, to be honest, I feel more comfortable with him as our backup than like Sam Ellinger or Jack Cohn because he has experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I mean, you could bring in him, you could bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I prefer to bring in if you're going to make me choose between yeah. the two, yeah. um, Cam Newton, just somebody with experience, you know, like just, yeah, don't, don't say Sam know. Ellinger too much or else people will get offended yeah. at the fact yeah, that people you just don't want to give him a chance, even though I don't think he's going to be the backup quarterback. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't do it personally, but if. You know, we read in an article and it says Nick Foles signs one year deal minimum type of contract with Colts. I'm not going to freak out and be like, what are you doing, Chris Ballard? I, I'd be I'd be whatever. I'd be fine. I, I would prefer just to put that money. The Philly through, special like, coming back to Indy yep, again. <laughs> coming back. And when he came in and played that one game for the Bears against Seattle, he wasn't bad. Had a, he had an all right game. They won. You know, he. <laughs> Had you know pretty good completion percentage? I mean, he didn't screw it up. It came down. <laughs> yeah, to I, the I, I felt bad for him when he went to Chicago. I mean, I, I, you you can never succeed in Chicago's offense no. with what they had before. So yeah, not with Maggie. 
And, and I don't know how much it's going to survive under Eberflus either. I hope whoever his OC is has full control of that offense. Right. Yeah, so. I, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I don't know. I, I hope it goes well because I, I like Eberflus. Yeah, um, I know you do. You know, you, you you like him more than a lot of other people. I know a lot of people hate him. I I like him. Look, our defense was top ten for most of the time he was here. There was things I could not stand that he did, but he's a good guy. I don't even think good it was. Coach. I think it was just the fourth quarter meltdowns a lot yeah. of the time that gave him a bad rap, and, and yeah. rightfully so. But oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And this this past season really did damage because we were, you know, we were entering last year in the off season. We were like, okay. Thank goodness we kept Eberflus, is what everybody was saying. Yeah, and then now, it, now all of a completely like, turned. Get his ass out it's of like here. Like Sirianni. It's like with Sirianni. Everybody's like, oh, thank goodness we got rid of Sirianni and not uh, Eberflus. And, and then our offense seemed to have kind of lost a step when we lost Sirianni at first. It true. felt like. But that is yep. True. Uh, let me know, guys, in the comments what you think of this offseason recap and what you think needs to be addressed and what should have been done differently or what you like. Thank you guys again so much. Thank you to Matt from Inside the Horseshoe Podcast for joining me today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.